It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in cinema, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And Murray, who I'm hoping is going to be able to convince James Cameron to stop making Avatar movies. Can you do this for me, Merman? I'll get right on that. Thanks, man. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. I would also like to put in that request. Now, thanks to all of been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform. Or, even better, support us and join the Film Rage community by joining a membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash filmrageyyc. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. And you know what? We'll do it. As long as it's played in a cinema anywhere in the world. Now, let's get to raging. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Oh, you know what? I feel like getting groovy. Groovy. Oh, yeah. This is pretty groovy. Are you feeling groovy, Bryce? Ba, 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 particularly. Ba, ba. I think feeling groovy. I think Bryce has lost his groove. Oh you no! Should talk to Stella. Stella. Mm. We went to the movies. Yeah. We did. Didn't we? Sure did. It was chock full of fun kit number seven. I don't know what that it reference was full is. Full of something. Yeah, it was full of something. All right, so we saw Avatar: The Way of the Water. No, the way of water. Way of There's no the. Water. There's the way of the water? No, it's just the way of water. The way of water. Yeah. Okay. So Avatar, the way of water, is the latest special effects extravaganza from James Cameron. It is a sequel to the film I have been trying to forget about for 13 years by the name of Avatar. Let's start with the obvious. James Cameron should not be allowed to be within five miles of the editing process. Three hours and 15 minutes is just too long for any film, let alone a film about giant blue alien people. So at over three hours, you would think that he could develop one character. Just one, James. Over three hours, and I had no idea what anyone's motives were, other than head army guy, Quatrich, apparently doesn't like Jake, who looks exactly like the Navi, the natives of, of Pandora, but he has five fingers. I've got one finger I'd like to show James Cameron for revisiting this colossal waste of time. Anywho, for some reason, <sighs> this Quadditch guy seems to be able to order anyone to do anything as they use every resource available to track down one person. 
He is spending millions and millions of dollars to track one guy. Why are they doing this? No idea. Why is everyone just going along with this? No idea. What will capturing or killing Jake accomplish? No idea. Why does this film exist? No idea. Mixed into this story. And the... <laughs> Mixed into this story, and that is using that term very loosely, as there is not really a story here. There is some social commentary about racism and some exposition on the exploitation of animals and, of course, colonialism. But they are ineffective because they are in the middle of a silly movie of little consequence made by a man with way too much money who can do whatever he wants. Why he wants to put me through over three hours of hell is beyond me. And who wrote this dialogue? Oh, it's James Cameron again. The dialogue was laughably bad and it had the sophistication of someone who is in, eh, let's say grade four. The way of water has no beginning and no end. Our hearts beat in the womb of the world. Water connects all things like to life to death, darkness to light. The sea gives and the sea takes. And James Cameron gives and takes as well. He gives a whole lot of anger and frustration with his overbloated attempt at filmmaking. And he takes my money. The most dangerous thing about Pandora is that you may grow to love her too much. No, the most dangerous thing about Pandora is that James Cameron keeps making movies about it. I hated this. It is as of right now at the top of my list of worst films of 2022. Oh, and by the way, if you're going to spend billions on the production of a movie, either use real fire or improve your CGI fires. It looked like crap. It probably doesn't even have to be said, but Avatar, the way of water is a rage. What? What are you talking about? Shocked. I didn't. I didn't like this movie. What? I was getting the feeling, getting that. Yeah, there's something that you were kind of throwing off there. You some vibes. You were throwing it down. There's some vibes going on. So, uh, here's my take on it. The way of water, not the water, but the way of water. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the way of the water also could work. I mean, if they would have called it that. But that's not the title. They could have stretched out the title to as long as the movie. As the movie. I mean, that would have been really good. As predicted, was really, was a masterpiece of evolutionary step forward in CGI technology. I truly enjoyed seeing how far and how brilliantly Cameron understands the visuals of this technology, except in fire, and how to use it. I think it's more about the water because the movie was called the way of water, not the way of fire. Now, if it was called the way of fire, he might've understood how to CGI yeah, fire, but because of, it was the there water, was a lot of fire, but there was, but the water, the water was really good. The fire, not so much. Mm. It was so There's much. actually quite a bit of fire. It was, this. but there was more water because it was, you know, yeah. water people I, in, I in the think water. Part three will be like all fire. Yeah. It'll, sure. Yeah. It'll, then earth it'll, it'll and then straight fire sky there'll be wind in there somewhere so there'll be wind yeah so oh, in addition i think there you are, guys are right now that i think about it. <laughs> there was <laughs> we're gonna have wind. fire yeah earth, of course wind. it's the way of it's wind the way of wind and that's just fire. that's just coming out of james cameron the way yeah. of wind so uh there are some touching scenes in this film what? and i love seeing indigenous species winning over the colonizers i mean who doesn't right if it's in a good movie yes look just wait. Uh, but there's a big butt coming. I feel James Cameron peaked in his storytelling 
with the movie Aliens. <laughs> I mean, he can shoot big budget stuff that apparently will pay to see. But as far as characters and storytelling, he needs an editor and he needs to find a new muse. I'm not sure. Like, is it every time he does a new movie where he spends a billion dollars, he gets a new wife or something like that? I think that's kind of his his thing. So maybe he, he needs a new muse. I, I, I really don't don't know. And I'm not sure why he feels this was the series to carry him to the end of times. Because apparently, I mean, he's got to be in his 70s now. And if he's planning on doing three and four and five, it, you know, this is just going to be his opus that he takes to the end of his grave. This is basically a retelling of the first Avatar, but where it takes place underwater and with alien CLFs, including a new tree of life, which, if my memory serves me the first time, there was only one tree of life on the planet, but now there's one underwater. So, you know, um, and this is apparently just so water people can plug in. So everybody's plugging into their own fucking tree. This film does an okay job introing, introing the Avatar's CLFs. But just like Disney has done countless times before, and in all the MCU and other series, Cameron does not bring us anything new. The story is predictable for the most part, unoriginal, cause you know, it's basically the first story, except with kids. So everybody loves kids, right? No. And it's, is this for these kids to appeal to a new generation so they all can get Avatar lunchboxes and Halloween costumes? Everybody yeah. loves their own kids. Yeah. Nobody that's... loves other people's kids. Oh, okay, that's the truth. Um, yeah, so I'm a, I have a feeling this movie was made so that you know, all the people that watched Avatar originally who were kids grew up liking it, and now they have kids, and they want them to like they're it. They're going to subject their own kids to it. Yeah, they're going to subject these kids to it. In addition to this, it is way too long and stretched out to tiresome ends where we have memory flashbacks and corny sayings and unoriginal script. This may be a visual masterpiece, which, in my opinion... There's nothing like this in the CGI world yet that can touch this film. Yeah. But the film itself did not need to be made and did not need to be that long. Oh, yeah. And also it was a rage. Uh, the youngest of the Avatar CLFs did sum this movie up very well when she said the line, I'm on the boat again. I feel the same way. <laughs> and we didn't get to see this with the myrrh. No, we didn't. This because, was Bryce and me. Because you guys went out when it was minus thirty cold. Oh God, was it cold? And I was not going to do that. So I saw it when the weather was still nice, nice in my local cinema, which is five minutes from my house. Very nice. Oh wait, was it as big a screen as ours? Probably not. I'm not comparing screen sizes no, I was or in the anything, third row. But, oh, so it was pretty big. I was at the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, cinematic masterpiece, emotional. Visceral, phenomenal, visual feast, worth the wait, breathtaking, thrilling, as big as movies get. That is what most of the people who saw this thought about it. I'm not one of them. Nor me. Some things I don't like about going to movies. Uh -oh. FYI. What? You love going to movies. Yes. Things I don't like about them. Movies that are three hours long. 
Besides the fact that I have trouble sitting for more than two hours without having to pee, <laughs> I lose interest in any story that can't be told in 90 minutes. 3D. For the most part, oh, completely part. unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I actually paid for the 3D. Ooh! Did not put the glasses on once. What? <laughs> I was in the third row. Uh, <laughs> except for a few minutes of worthless Navi conversation, they weren't needed. I didn't miss a thing. All the action was right in front of me. I didn't need the damn glasses. So what the hell were people paying 3D for? That's all I want to know. But yeah, I hate 3D. Imagine the people that paid IMAX 3D. God, yeah. Like you guys? No, no, we didn't. No, we did. We played 2D, but I, IMAX size screen. You didn't have 3D? No, oh, thank you're God. You're lucky. Uh, thirdly, animation in any form. I know this wasn't a cartoon, but whatever it was, not impressed. <sighs> Bottom line, it was visually impressive, but mediocre had basically the same story as the first one. And I only saw that one once and I remember it. It's Ferngully, who can't remember it. To begin it. with, like basically it's the same story except the bad guy is now a Navi who's as strong as them. And he spends the whole movie hunting down one guy, like you said. He uses all the humans who are living on this planet, which was kind of a weird I thing. I don't know why everybody was helping. I didn't They're understand any him. of this. Even his own kid who was raised by the Navi he wasn't in chains, but he was helping him do bad shit anyway. Like, whatever. Um, the whole free willy thing was kind of cool. <laughs> whatever the hell those whale things were. Not worth the money or the three hours I won't get back. Rage. Oh, Murray, you know what that means. I know what that means. Rage. 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 You know what the <clears throat> you know what the best thing about this was? It wasn't three hours, Murray. It was three hours and fifteen wow. minutes. I didn't stay for fifteen minutes of commercial or uh, pro, uh, credits at the end. I left as soon as the credit came up. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need to stay for the end. I know. Yeah, this it was awful. But if you like that kind of thing, I don't. For you. I, mean, I don't understand. And this is this is basically. The problem that I think we've all been having for quite a while. It's just, there isn't a new original idea. Like the fact that Cameron can spend, you know, he's been saying, I need to make $2 billion. What is he yeah. trying to pressure us into making him $2 billion so he can make a third and a fourth one of these? Like, I just don't understand why he can think that there's anything original in this movie. There isn't. There, there was nothing. It was basically the same movie as the first, just stretched out an extra 45 minutes. And, you know, the only thing that didn't happen in, in the first one that happened, didn't, didn't happen, sorry, did happen in the first one, but didn't happen in the second one, was they didn't blow up the tree. But, I mean, you know that's going to happen in part three. Because, yeah. basically, he's he made Avatar the movie, and then he's making Way of Water, Way of Wind, Way of Sand, Way of Air, Way of Fire, uh, whatever they are. And he's going to blow up all the trees. Yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. But you're going to watch it. You're watching three next year, buddy. 
I'm going to watch it just because I'm doing a podcast. If I wasn't doing a podcast, I would not be watching it. I I wouldn't have watched this one if I wasn't doing this stinking podcast. stupid podcast is ruining our lives. I I am with you. That's why they call it film rage. It is true. They don't call we it. We don't call crap. ourselves film ra- love. No, we don't. Because then we'd be watching romances movie and Christmas lovers. movies. Oh, that would still be film rage. We're still movie lovers. We just we can't not, stand just, stuff that's terrible. One. Yes. Well, you know what? We did get to see though. What's that? We got to see Empire of Light. Oh, I remember that. I went yeah, to Empire of Light. I did too. It was I the did, same I night. Olivia Coleman is among the greatest of all greats that have ever existed. Every expression on her face, every line in her smile, everything within her sadness or joy, she has a way of making you feel and know everything she's feeling and everything about her. Sam Mendes has been directing features since 1993, and finally we get to know what he can also do is write his own scripts. This period piece is a small moment in time and um, carries very heavy subject matter of racism, mental health, sexual harassment, and more importantly about friendship and love. The music choices were both period appropriate as well as age appropriate for the cast member listening to the music. With our lead, Stephen, played by Michael Ward, is listening to ska music, and Olivia Coleman's character is listening to Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan. Plus, the soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Articus Ross was outstanding. All the supporting cast did an exceptional job keeping up with the powerhouse that is Olivia Coleman, especially by Toby Jones, Colin Firth, and Tom Brooke. But Michael Ward does a stellar job as the co-star in this movie. Do you have a note you're going to pass me? No. Okay. Write myself a note. Writing himself. I love it when you write yourself. I think you wrote ass. Oh, that I'm an ass. Well, I do that too. I didn't. A equals A-S-S-H. A equals MC squared. Looks like ass from here. So, so the supporting cast in this do an exceptional job, but Michael Ward does a stellar job as the co-star in this movie. And against Olivia, lesser actors would have been destroyed, but he, he holds his own. This film is filmed with moments that make you angry and frustrated and sad and concerned and in love with these carefully crafted characters. Sam Mendes does what he does best, fills the screen with awe and wonder, and writes his first film, which brought joy to my heart for an hour and 55 minutes, which I desperately needed after watching the previous three hours and 12 minutes I had to endure. Sam, you can stick to writing and directing going forward. I'm just saying, keep it up and you'll be undoubted in two categories. You only have seven more films because this one starts you with writing and directing as a Mondo. We're not even, we're not even tracking writing, but now I think we have to because of Sam Mendes. I just can't believe how similar your review is to mine. Did you copy mine? We better put Murray in between us. So yeah, Murray, you go get, next. Well, I am people always, don't get bored from the same I'm always in <laughs> Oh, you think I'm gonna have uh, something bad to say? No, no. Well, this was a this but was. He's literally brought up like stuff that I'm gonna stuff. be bringing up okay. as well. So. Well, mine's a short. Let's make a sandwich. Let's have a sandwich. I'm gonna cut to the chase. Oh. 
This is probably the best film I have seen this year. What? Wow. This is not even a Murray movie. I know there's still a week to go, but what this will happening? probably be my number one. Uh, unless Babylon throws blows me away, which it might. I have to it admit, it's taken it me a while to warm up to Libby Coleman. Some of her performances are hit and miss with me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is by far the best I've ever seen her. Uh, I found this to be a loving tribute to the good old days of cinema. Before the multiplexes, and 3D, and AVX, and IMAX, and whatever else is out there. People actually went to the movies. Uh, the story was completely captivating. All of the characters were deeply layered and complex. The relationship between Hillary and Steven was sweet, tender, heartbreaking, and very emotional. Actually, ironically, the only character I didn't like was Colin first, and I guess that was the point, but... That was definitely the point. Definitely he the wasn't point. in it very much. Um, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit I shed a few man tears. Sam Mendes made another amazing film. Truly a spectacular film. Mondo. Huh. Before Bryce, before Bryce goes, it just wanted to throw in there that, like, for someone to wait until he's this deep into his career to do his first writing credit, Dramatic I gotta movie. say it's that's pretty yeah. incredible. Anyway, over well, to you. I'm, I'm looking up his list, and really, he only made like, well, 11, yeah, he hasn't made a ton 11, of films. Eleven movies. We're going to talk about him but, more in a bit, yeah, but um, yeah, sorry, Bryce. So he hasn't made a whole now. Bunch. Did you want me to just reread my? My review. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll do my own. But You'll polish it up voice. a bit. It's almost You'll as if you're, it's almost as, it's almost as if you were looking over my shoulder when I was jotting down my notes. <laughs> so, Empire of Light, directed and written by Sam Mendes, the maker of seven films that were Mondo and two James Bond movies. But I digress. <laughs> Back to Empire of Light. Let's just start with Olivia Coleman, who is a freaking force of nature. The way she attacks every role she is in is awe-inspiring. She outshines everyone on the screen, and I just, I just love her. This film was cast perfectly with Coleman as Hillary, Michael Ward as Stephen, who brings a ton of heart to this role, Colin Firth as Donald Ellis, who brings a ton of sleaze to his role, Tom Brooke, who is quietly brilliant as Neil, and Toby Jones, who has some of my favorite scenes in the film Ugh. as Norman. In contrast to the other film we watched this week, Empire of Light develops every character to the point that you are emotionally invested in what happens to them. You find yourself caring deeply for Hillary. You can't help but have disdain for Donald. You root for Steven to get everything he deserves. You care. This is why I go to the movies, for films like this that immerse me into a time and introduce me to a full, to fully developed characters that I can love and hate and support and learn from. In less capable hands, this could have been an over-sentimental mess, but Mendes is able to present a few encompassing themes and meld them into one story quite seamlessly. Sexual harassment, mental health, racism, these are some giant topics to pack into one film, but Mendes pulls it off. And even if you make the argument that perhaps there is too much going on in this film, which I could see someone saying, but I don't know, I don't agree with. There is one thing that is undeniable, however. 
watching Olivia Coleman do what she does on its own is more than the, worth the price of admission. It's way it's she's just so good. She is Mondo. And so was Empire of Light. And so was Sam Mendes writing. So yeah. Right. Um and Roger Deakins. Oh, the cinematographer. Yeah, the cinema like and the, Trent Reznor. This yeah, the, the music was great too. I, and I didn't, I, I didn't mention the music you did, but yeah, Trent yeah. Reznor. Well, he's what, he's what such is going a on? Trent, uh, what's what's uh, an Atticus, Atticus Atticus Ross? Ross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they are they're kind of a they're force a dynamic of, duo yeah. now in in film music. Yeah, for sure. it's it's crazy Which, how how many times you, you're like, wow, this music's really good, and then you go, oh, oh yeah, well, of it's course, Trent it's Reznor. And but Ross. but you know that's the thing about Reznor, right? Like he's been doing. Um, like from his Nine Inch Nails onwards, like yeah. from his first Nine Inch Nails album, which is a very um, uh, digit synthesizer digital type mm-hmm. film. So for him to go to that, to this, like sort of film, to music, yeah. to go to this, it's almost a natural progression for his music because he, he kind of went um, digital and then he went, you know, put real guitars and things in Nine Inch Nails. But he's he always had the base of understanding the the tech side of of, of yeah, music. Yeah, and he's and it, to be honest, I mean, you, it, it, he adapts to whatever film that he that he's making the music for too. There, yeah, like you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by just listening to every individual yes. score that it's the same person. Yeah, because yeah, he, he truly. It's he can change everything it is so different, but everything yeah. fits so perfectly. Like you know, he, he's a talented dude. You know what was interesting though, when I was doing a bit of research on the music for this, is that it's all about those two and they don't talk enough about the power of the song choices that were also put into here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Dylan tracks that weren't like oh, yeah. the usual Dylan tracks. They had um Joni Mitchell in there. Yeah. They had um uh general not general public, the who's before general public? It's the same band. English beat, Eagle, English yeah, beat, yeah, yeah. right? Like, um, so they had such great dynamics of music, which to me it set the tone because you have the the kids, as I call them, like um, the the younger crowd that are at the the theater listening to the new ska that's yeah. come out, right? And it's the bridge that we all know because we've seen seventeen documentaries in the last two years about the coming together of the black and white communities in Britain. To create ska, which came from punk, right, and 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 then the older crowd are listening to a different music sect, and it fits so well inside the the capture of this movie. Yeah. It's just it's just breathtaking. And as much as I will agree, Murray, that I think Olivia Coleman, you know, I mean, we all know how much we love her, but I, I, coming out of the movie theater, I have to always compare th- any role she does to the last lost daughter because to me that is that's, olivia coleman's opus and i didn't like that one that well. is her opus yeah and you might just want to go back and rewatch it to rewatch her in oh, that no, she was good in it just no I she didn't like, didn't like the no she wasn't she good. was beyond she was anything that's ever been done yeah. this movie is great but i and i'm not saying that she she did a worse version it was a different character it's a different obviously. character and it's tough but to compare the, them sometimes and yeah, she, she's but, i mean she's always the best thing on the screen yeah though. It's, but you know where we're going this yeah, very yeah, soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But, well, you know what that means, Mer. I know what that means. Mondo, Mondo, Mondo. 
So we went from torture to love in one you afternoon. You guys did it on the same day. Yeah, yes. I'm sure glad I we did. I split mine up because that's. So you that's, went to bed after seeing Avatar. I saw Avatar in the middle of the day. Waterworld, whatever. I, I, I saw I, it like I four in the so afternoon. I am so glad we watched Avatar first because oh, yeah. that was the taste that I and was yeah, left seriously, with. It was in 3D. I had the glasses. I didn't put them on at the start. And I'm like, wait a minute, like it's not fuzzy at all. Like I can see everything perfectly. Yeah. Until the actual conversation came up, and I'm like, why the hell would I wear the damn what glasses? What the actual hell? Why would I wear the glasses? Like I don't know how much you spent on, on the 3D, but it wasn't worth it. Whatever it was. Yeah, it might have been one that. Anyway, no, I I got, got got that out of the way on the first day, and then I. Yeah, I don't, we were exhausted, all three oh, of I'm us sure actually, when we went to see the movie after coming out of Avatar. It would like we were all. Like yeah. did 17 rounds with Tyson. And then uh, I thought, oh my God, we're going to fall asleep in this yeah. next movie. But you, we, you couldn't. Nope, nope, I, you we couldn't. Were, it, it, was, it definitely yeah. was and a I little was, yeah. slower. But yeah, no, I was totally engrossed the whole two hours. Murray, this is this is huge for you. Well, I knew it was going to be good. I've been it's a heavy forward, drama. I've been seriously looking forward to it all year. I know, but it's a I heavy drama. It. Well, yeah, but it light moments. And, and Toby Jones. Toby he, Jones. He, he's, a, he's a projectionist. Yeah. Who else do we know that's a projectionist? Uh, Murray is. Oh, a yeah, I am. That's right. You actually kind of a little bit. I like don't Toby deal Jones. with the old school film, but I kind of wish I I did. Cause you now, still could. Now it's all digital. You but still could. Anyway, so I, I can identify with this character. Nice. I can I, identify with Olivia Coleman's character. Yes. Anyway, it's a great movie. You should see <laughs> For multiple reasons. Merry Christmas. That's all I got. Merry Christmas. I already did enough rage in this episode. You did a bit of rage for sure. So that's so that's, your merman minute is wishing everybody a merry. That Christmas? is correct because I know you guys won't do it. That's right. We're we're all about Krampus. You're all about Krampus. Anyway, that's all I got. Hmm. I could rage about Cameron, but what's the point? <laughs> you don't have to worry. It's coming up soon. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. When do we hit that? That's a new button. That's a new button. <laughs> so, you know, there. I'm not going to say the words because it's very obvious what we all hated this week. It's just so blatantly obvious. But what I'm going to complain about is... Actually, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to rage about it. Is I'm going to rage about the fact that... Um, I have a feeling that, for whatever reason, that the way of the water world is going to make its money back. And I have a real fear that the movie that we just talked about with Sam Mendes Empire, of, Empire Light. of Light his opus if you compare his opus of his first writing credit yeah. with Cameron's probably sixth writing credit and he's never gets better the fact that he comes out of the gate this movie might not make its money back Empire of Light may not make its money back I'm not sure what the budget is but you know when you well, look at when you look at the opening box office weekend. So this, I don't know how up to date IMDb is, but opening weekend in the U.S. was one hundred and sixty-three thousand. Thousand worldwide, this is only made four hundred five hundred forty-two thousand U.S. dollars, 
And I'm sure as hell that was it was produced for more than that much money. Yep. So the fact that a movie of this caliber that brings together some of the most brilliant actors, one of the most brilliant directors, and just is visually stunning with natural cinematography isn't going to make its money back. Yeah. And the Waterworld sequel is going to probably well, make another, and they're going to make another one. So this is my rage this week is can we somehow start to boycott these things? Like just people realize that we don't have to get James Cameron to two billion. If you're listening to me right now, please stop going to see that movie. And everybody who's listening to us, if you have any love of film whatsoever, go see Empire of Light. That's my rage. Well, the big problem, as you as you know, Avatar was in what two hundred screens in our city alone. How many were Emperor Empire of Light? It was in one. one. One screen and one But it was theater. in a big cinema. But, it, no, it was a they could fit 600 one. people yeah, in they, there. But they could have had it in every cinema. One screen in every cinema. Every 10 or 12 screen multiplex, one screen should have had Empire of Light. Yeah, I agree. Which was a travesty. I mean, like, this is the same... That's my rage. This is the same director that put 1917 yes, out and it was, exactly. it was filling cinemas. Yeah, I don't know. Right? So yep. Maybe it still will. After the new year, I don't think so. Well, if it gets an Oscar nod, it, it oh, it's going to trust yeah, me. I hope so. It'll get all the nominations. Like, Olivia, should, well, and it'll go back. It, it'll, it'll go back in theaters, and people Coleman will, actually will get see nominated. It. Coleman will hopefully get nominated. Cinematography will get nominated. Maybe Mendes. possibly. Anyway, that's my rage. Anyway, people, yes, I agree. Start boycotting. Yes. Water Stop World going too. to James Cameron crap. Yep. I'm sensing a theme. Crank up the music and let's hear it. As touched upon, my rage this week is that apparently there are going to be at least five Avatar movies. According to IMDb, Avatar 3 is in post-production already, and Avatars 4 and 5 are currently in production. This makes me angry. James Cameron needs to stop. His giant blue alien movies are awful. That is my rage. Can we just, um, I'm just going to take a peek at Box Office Mojo. Well, I do want to say one thing, which I guess I should have had my own thing about, but James Cameron, in my opinion, pretty much since The Abyss, relies way too much on technology and visual effects rather than storytelling. Yeah, there's no writing involved in his movies. I mean, Aliens was fun, but it definitely lacked the, you know, gravitas of the first one. Yeah, I mean, well, Bryce isn't an Alien fan, so yeah, but I mean, the second one was it was an action movie. It was all pithy lines and and violence, where the first one was. But it was fun, slow and drawn. Like it was fun. The I don't know what he's doing now. And I I don't know about T two compared to Terminator, but I mean, again, it was the action movie as opposed to. Uh, a real story. Yeah. I like T2. Yeah, T2 I like too. No, he relies too much on, on visual effects and, and, you know, flashy effect, like, as opposed to actual telling a story, which well, is why I, I, don't, he, I don't like his movies. He's he's so full of himself. Oh, yeah. Interviews afterwards, um, even after the Titanic, he had 
there was an interview with him and they said well um you know your movie was too long we could edit it which we all know that every one of his movies that's three hours long you can yeah, take at least an like hour three hours long um so this movie has already made 555 million yeah so and we still have Christmas holidays. To yeah, go but it only through. made like a hundred and something the first week, on the opening week. Right, but which is, do you remember Avatar that. was in the original Avatar was top of the box office for 13, 15 weeks yeah, or well, something because it was in the theaters for thirteen weeks. Yeah, please, people just stop watching it. Just stop. Just, just everybody stop now, and he won't make three and four and five. No, they're already they're three's already. Yeah, made. but if he loses all that money, the studio's going to say, okay, we better stop. <laughs> Cut yeah, our losses now. Ain't gonna happen. Is, isn't Disney on all this crap? I don't know. It's just, just as bad as Disney. Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. Well, it looks like we both did our homework for the list because I also looked at Sam Mendes after I put his name out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he made two James Bond movies yeah, back to back. Say, so Sam Mendes, seven Mondos, and two James Bond two rages James for me. Unfortunately, can't are, be they are in the middle of his. Yeah, he's got a ways to go. But I mean, his first one was American Beauty. Yeah, <laughs> it sure was. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah, apart from the two Bond movies, I mean, I didn't see National Theater Live, whatever the hell that is. That's not a movie. No, it's. Three hours and forty-three yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know it's, it's not it's a movie. Listed under movies. I understand that, but he directed a play. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he directed uh, a play. Yeah, out of those, two, I actually did see Skyfall, and yeah, it was at the most a meh for me. So. Yeah, so for me, it wasn't two rages. They were both Skyfall. Actually, the funny thing is, I saw Skyfall first, and I didn't like it. But then I rewatched it, and I liked it better. Yeah, like and the- Spectre was a meh for me, so. Yeah. He, there's basically two mans back to back anyway, so he has to start from the beginning. Well, so 1917 is a Mondo, and Empire of Light is a Mondo. There you go. So he's two. As long as he avoids James Bond movies, he's he's golden. Yeah, exactly. And he's got um, he's got a few upcoming things on the on the docket. I don't know. Oh, producer, man, he's producing a lot of stuff. He's not. He hasn't got anything in his no. director chair. It's all production. No. Yeah. So. We'll see, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's, awesome. he's still pretty young. He's like a year younger than yeah. me, so he's oh yeah, he's and still he, got. You could definitely you could definitely uh, be undoubted in the future, but yeah, I wish he just wouldn't have taken those James Bond movies. Yeah, well, but well, he's British, right? So it's like an honor. I they take it like as an honor. Didn't um, Adele do like three soundtracks in that series? So something like that. Might as well get it out of the way. I think we have to discuss Olivia Coleman on two fronts. Yeah. Um. Although I don't think I, she's going to survive. Well, I think you. I think you need to watch something again. Why? Because it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a rage. Well, Electric Light of Loose Wage. I didn't give it a rage. I gave it a meh. No, but you gave something else a rage. At any rate, the let's father, get. I like. Yeah, just oh, uh, we'll, we'll go over it in a second. No, that's not a movie. Just stop, <laughs> stop, Jim. I will go through it oh. instead of you sitting there scrolling through it, trying to go. What is he talking about? What and just wasting about? everybody's time. So stop it. Just okay. stop right now. If I see your finger go right one more time, I'm going to slap you. Oh, will you? Yes. Okay. Anyway, so Olivia Coleman mesmerizing. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I can go with that. Okay, so that's done. That's done. So here's the thing with the Undoubted. Uh, we can go through them. Empire of Light, Mondo. Yep. Joyride, I haven't seen yet. Have you seen Joyride? I want to see the pictures of I don't it. don't think you've seen Joyride. Uh, doesn't. Came out this year. Yeah, it's brand, brand spanking new. Spanking new. So I do have to see it. Nobody but. else I know. Yeah, no, I didn't see this. So it's All right, so movie. The Lost Daughter was Mondo. Yep. Here's the one that you gave a rage, and I think you need to watch it again because it wasn't. It was Mondo. It's a movie I didn't watch, but now I have. You never watched it? Oh, you did now. I have now. Mothering Sunday oh, was Mondo. It's not the one I was thinking of. But you gave it a rage. So I'm not counting her narrator in the other movie? Electric Life of Lewis Wayne. No, no, she was just a narrator in that. That doesn't count. Ron's gone wrong. Okay, did I? Yes, you did. So yeah, I never saw it. The father, I gave a meh, yeah, but I you gave it. a mondo. I liked it. So we flip flop there. If you can, if you can watch Mothering Sunday and give it a meh, I mean, there's still going to be a problem later on in this list, but it's a problem that's going to be wiped out immediately. But them that follow was Mondo. Yeah. The favorite was Mondo. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. No, he's already talked about that one. No, it's coming. And the eighth one back on her list yep. is Murder on the Orient yep. Express, which was a rage. Which I like. <laughs> it was for me, too. So, I think at some point between now and her next movie... If her next movie is even a meh, that could put her on the undoubted list. If you go watch Mothering Sunday again and tell me that it's not at the least a meh, it's Mondo. I don't know how you could say that it's meh. I don't think it's Mondo. Oh my God. It's Mondo. Oh, watch it again. You know, I just for her, I totally forgot she was in Hot Fuzz. Right? Yeah, that was a long time totally. ago. But yeah. She's so good in it. I didn't even know yeah. she was mesmerizing in it. She was awesome. She was awesome. Anyway. But yeah. Well, the important thing is is that she's she's mesmerizing. That's true. A, that's a thing. It's true. But as I say, you've got time. You don't have to rush into it. But at some point, you need to watch Mothering Sunday again. Well, I'm, for her, I would do just about anything. Yes. So Except for rewatch that other terrible movie she was <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah. watching the Murder on the Orient Express again. It might be in the dare bag. It might be in the dare bag. It was so I freaking it. horrible. <laughs> oh, it was god awful. So bad. Of course, I also like Death in the Nile too. So. Yeah, which was also not I like good. I Death in the Nile was mad. I well, like I get the Christie. Yeah, it was that was mad. You thought it was mad, even and, though and here's Gal Gadot was in it. While we're on the list here, yep. so can a director be repulsive? As over the years, James Cameron has become repulsive to me. Early on he wasn't, but he just, just his name makes me angry now. <laughs> Seeing his stupid face before the movies at the cinema made me angry. And not only before Way of Water, but I got to see his stupid face before Umpire of Light saying, thanks for coming back to the cinemas. I hate him. Yeah, He, he is he, repulsive. He can't be repulsive because we're not supposed to see him. 
He can be repulsive as a person. His writing repulses me. He's, his he's, directing repulses me. Then his you, overuse of technology repulses then, me. Then you need to put... He needs to get on the doubted list. <sighs> Did you do the work on that as a director? I can't be on the doubted list because he hasn't made enough that, that gets a couple of films that weren't... That were fine off. It's, there you go. So there's your answer. Yeah. He can be doubted. He cannot be repulsive. Well, he'll be. He could be repulsive if he was acting in movies, but he's not doing that either. He's repulsive to me. (laughs) I had to see a stupid face on the screen twice on Monday night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I didn't. (sighs) Just once every night. Although, both movies, I put my my earphones on and watch stuff on my phone. I, ever, I didn't even want to watch the trailers. I didn't watch any of the trailers, like the new Indiana Jones or whatever oh, else. God. Was like, I, that should have been my rage. I didn't even watch all that crap. I just put my earphones in and watched videos on my phone until the movie started. Because I didn't want to see all that crap that's coming out. Oh, my God. That's so good. Uh, all right. So I'm going to watch Mothering Sundays. And then our first movie back from the holiday break is The Dead Don't Die. Okay. Because we have Adam Driver versus Bill Murray. Mm, we do. Forgot about that. Yeah. So next, not next week because it's our Krampus special, but this week after that, we will be coming back. We've got to have a big episode, so we may have to move some stuff around. We'll mm, see. We'll see. We'll see. Did you have anything else for the list? You no, I'm excited about I'm, it. I'm fine. Y'all raged out. Yeah, He's right, repulsed then. out is actually what yes. it is. Repulsed out, yeah. Totally repulsed. Three years in the making and countless amounts of rage later. It's the third annual Film Rage Krampus special. Yay! Yeah. With our very special guest, the god of rage himself, Casey the Nerdy Photographer. Hans Gruber had this to say. I first met Krampus in uh, a Bavarian beer hall in the mid 90s santa's head elf ernest j keebler ernie to his closest friend said i haven't seen hairy balls like that since uh, well <laughs> let's just say it's been a long time is it true will there be krampus's hairy balls yep don't miss the event of the holiday season three years in the making gather the children and grandparents around the krampus podcast listening bag and get ready for Film Rage 3rd Annual Krampus Special! Streaming live starting December 28th, 2022. Everywhere, look for Film Rage Podcast where you find your podcasts and feel the rage! Well, that was some blatant self-promotion. That was blatant self-promotion, but why not? Why not? It's our motherfucking podcast. Last week on Rage or Dare, Bryce tempted fate with Death by High School Musical 3 and survived when he pulled the 2002 action crime thriller, Hard Gash. Can being forced to watch this train wreck of a movie really be considered survival, though? This week, it's Jim's turn to take his chances with Death by High School Musical 3. Wouldn't it be a great Christmas slash Hanukkah slash whatever holiday present if he pulled it out. (laughs) He can enjoy it by a rolling fire with unlimited amounts of eggnog. 
Both options sound pretty awful to me, but as long as something makes Jim throw up, I'll be happy. See? I'm smiling. Now, let's check in with Bryce to see which version of Christian Slater will show up in hard cash. That's a joke. Christian Slater only has one side. A better question would be, why is Val Kilmer in this movie? What, what am I saying? This is around the same time that he did Ten Commandments, the musical. And that's not a joke. I know this isn't a deliciously awful remake, but seeing how last week I broke Bryce, I'm sure he should be well enough by now for this film that can't even decide what its name is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Casey, I love you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hard Cash, which apparently is also known as Run for the Money, has some problems. There is some silly dialogue and impossible situations. We have Vern Troyer popping out of a toilet where the lid was closed all the way. He is pretty small, but there is no way that guy can fit his entire body in a toilet. There is a car chase where the front grill is there, and then it isn't. And then it seems to be a different type of grill. The car chases are really quite hilarious, as every time they show the driver, it looks like a Starsky and Hutch or Dukes of Hazard episode from the 70s or early 80s, with a projected background behind them as they pretend they are driving, <laughs> moving the steering wheel back and forth, but it does not seem to be jiving with what is going on behind them. We are also supposed to believe that crooked FBI agents would use an off-track betting location to launder $2 million. You'll have to trust me that there is no way a little OTB location could attempt to launder that kind of cash. Or they could, but it would take at least a couple of years. There is also a scene which is especially hilarious where they are on a speedboat traveling at extreme speeds and yet their hair is not moving. Once again, not a not possible and totally hilarious. And while the acting is bad for the most part, with the likes of Christian Slater, Bokeem Woodbine, Daryl Hannah, and Balthasar Getty all delivering underwhelming performances, Val Kilmer stands out as FBI agent Mark C. Cornell. He leaves it all on the screen with his portrayal. He embraces the ridiculousness and makes this mess watchable as he camps it up and over-delivers every single line. And while the dialogue is for the most part pretty awful, Val makes it seem not so bad. Plus, I actually laughed out loud as he asked Slater's character if there is anything he would like to tell his daughter, who Val's FBI agent Mark C. Cornell had kidnapped for reasons that are convoluted, but kind of fit in this wacky world. Slater says, just tell her that I love her. To which FBI agent Mark C. Cornell responds, I'll tell her you said hi. I don't know why, but I must have laughed for a solid minute after that. Kilmer made this truly awful movie so, so, so much fun for me. It's not Mondo, but it's also definitely not a rage either. Hard cash, AKA run for the money, is meh. I actually really enjoyed this. What? Val Kilmer is freaking hilarious in it. It's it's just why, yeah. Like if this was the only movie I'd I'd seen Val Kilmer in, I'd say he's on the mesmerizing list. 
But other efforts have made it not so. Don't get me wrong. Love Val Kilmer. But, uh, you know, he's not mesmerizing. But in this movie, he is. It it wasn't that bad. And it, I seriously, I, I laughed so many times. At the, but it, was it trying it, to take itself seriously? No, it, it was total. That's the whole thing. It was trying to take itself seriously. But just, it's just such poor filmmaking. Like, just the stupidest little things. It's like, well, that can't happen. That can't happen. Like, it's just, everything was so dumb that it was annoying for like 10 minutes, but then it wore you down and you just found the joy in it. And honestly, by the end of the film, and once Val Kilmer popped up, man, every scene with Val Kilmer is freaking gold. Seriously. If, even if you don't watch this whole movie, I suggest everybody sit there, fast forward until you get to Val Kilmer and just stop and witness the, the him in all his glory. It is... He knows he's in a bad movie. Oh, and really? And he is just... He's just nailing it. He is so, so good in this. What's so I am actually thanking you, Jim. Aw, because you, know you were broken I was, last I week. I was broken, but you know what? This this was this was this was pretty funny. I enjoyed it a lot. What's what was that movie he did with the cow in it? Top Secret. Top, Top Secret. secret. Yeah. Was it kind of no? Kinda because because that's a different type of thing. Like this, this like he. <laughs> it's it's I don't know. It, it's hard to describe, but you you just got to see it. And he I, to be honest, he was the only person in the whole movie where they. I don't know if maybe sometimes he was just ad-libbing and saying, you know, screw the script. I'm just going to say something. But every time he delivered a line, there's about a 50-50 shot that I was going to laugh. And he just, and he, as I say, he leaves it all on the screen. He just, just goes so over the top with everything. It's beautiful. It's, 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 it's thing absolutely magic. beautiful. I, I, I love his performance in this. The movie's still mad because there's a lot of stuff you just can't forgive. But overall, I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, so here's the real question. Yes. Did you see in this movie why I'm not a big fan of Christian Slater? I understand. Yes. Okay. Because there is Good. a... there. Christian Slater plays Christian Slater in every role that he's in. He does. There's nothing different. There's no nuances to his performance. Yeah, he has no range. He has no range. I still enjoy the way Christian Slater delivers a line, though. I know he's just playing Christian Slater. I know he's not a super talented actor, but I still enjoy the Christian Slater shtick. The Christian Slater If you don't enjoy the Christian Slater shtick, then... But You're I not going to enjoy these movies. As my much. my biggest thing about actors in general is they do, if they just have if they're one noted actors. That's my. That's the thing is, it doesn't matter who the actor is. If you're if you're a one noted actor and that note is entertaining to me, it's fine. I'm not asking you to be in like you know all the you know, some heavy drama where you need to portray a certain thing. He was you know even when he was in a heavyish drama like uh you know, what was that murder in the first. Mm. Yeah, I love he that was, one. Yeah, he was. He's fine. He doesn't wreck a movie. He just doesn't add anything to it. Wait, have you seen True Romance? I have. He was fine. That movie's so awful. I really like that movie. It's actually, so terrible. It's really, <laughs> Gary Oldman is fantastic oh, Gary in it. Great in it. It's got one of the Christian best Slater's scenes in it, though. And it's he got one of the everything. best scenes ever put on film with Dennis Hopper and yep. and and Christopher Walken. 
in a scene that is burned in my memory forever yeah. because it's just two actors at the top of their game. Yep. Absolute brilliance. Agreed. And good, then there's the rest movie. of the movie. Good movie. And then there's the rest of the movie. Loved it. Well, I'm almost afraid to pull from this bag. Oh, it's time. There can't but, be that many left. But here's the thing. Yes. It, whatever I pull, we're not watching until the second week of January. Because, because the first week back, we have a dare we have to watch over the holidays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That we were paid to watch. Yeah, Are we'll you sure it. that you have... You've got seemed to have a lot more in your bag than I have in mine. I Did hope you just I've throw got, 16 no, versions I, why of would High I, School I, Musical I, I, 3? I wish that were the case. What do we got there? Please be High School Musical 3. High School Musical High School! High School! <laughs> what is it? No! No? It's a sequel! What is it? I have no idea what you can Yes. When we come back, second week of January, I will be talking about staying alive. Staying alive. Nice. Is there any, are any of those songs actually in that movie? I don't think they are. Because yeah. the sequel was like. Wasn't like, Staying Alive in the I'm first sh- movie? I'm sure that I was. Yeah, but, I'm but sure Staying Alive, the, the actual sequel. I'm was like sure set, they it was stuck the it in there. It was set in the 80s. He was like a, trying to go on Broadway or yeah, something. Yeah, it's so completely awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fin- Finale I remember awesome. seeing it, and he's like wearing uh, leg warmers through the yes, whole movie, he is. I think. Excellent. Which I'm okay Excellent. with. I, I kind of like Legwork. On a day like today, I, I kind of, when it was minus 35 standing at the bus, yeah. I wish I had my leg you warmers. You should have had leg warmers. That's right. Well, everybody get ready for next week for the third annual Film Rage Krampus special. But in the meantime, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended uh, Film Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Thanks to Casey from the Nerdy Photographer for the voice of Rager Derb. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us emails to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies, feel a rage, but no matter what you do, stay alive. And please, 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 Make us rage. That's it for this week. All rage on. Stay alive. Rage on.